With the first pick, the Carolina Panthers select Cam Newton, quarterback, Auburn. Touchdown, Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers select Luke Keekley. Keekley, touchdown. Carolina Panthers select Dawn Rotulalei. Kelvin Benjamin, high receiver, Florida State. Kelvin Benjamin, got a touchdown. With the 30th pick, the Carolina Panthers select Vernon Butler. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Live from Bank of America Stadium, it's time to break down the Panthers NFL Draft. We are just one day away from the 82nd NFL Draft. We'll be live from the Panthers television studios throughout it all on the path to the draft. I'm Libby Wiesman, alongside my co-host for the entire draft coverage, NFL analyst John Halpin and Panthers insider Mike Kraft. We'll be here in just a second. John Gettleman and his staff of coaches and scouts have a tough decision come Thursday night when they have to select the eighth overall pick in the draft. When you look at this particular draft from a whole, what stands out to you? Well, I see the Browns with 11 picks, including five of the top 65. There may be some trades in the works. I see four teams ahead of the Panthers of the seven that could probably use a quarterback. We don't know if any of them will take one, maybe two of them, we're not sure. And that's something Panthers assistant general manager Brandon Bean alluded to in his, uh, or in his meeting with the media last week that they're not shopping for a quarterback per se, but you hope that the teams ahead of them in the draft, one through seven, are quarterback hungry. And Michael, I'll ask you, and I know you've watched enough film that you see it in your sleep now, what stands out to you? Well, what stands out to me is the Panthers get four of the top 98 picks in this draft. Now, if this was college football, you say we go out and recruit, and we're going to get four five-star guys in our, in our recruiting process, but this is professional football. They're going to add some talent to this football team, and adding talent means adding competition, and guys, competition leads to winning. You alluded to it right there. The, the Panthers do have four picks in the top 98. So let's take a look at the draft order really quick. The Panthers obviously have that first round pick at the number eight, which Thomas Davis will announce at the podium on Thursday night. There's two picks in the second round and then one in all of the remaining rounds. When you guys see this many picks, you know Dave Gettleman and his staff have to be pleased with the number of opportunities they have right in front of them. Oh, yeah, and, and there's depth at some of the positions the Panthers need. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, let's say the first round pick is a running back. Well. Safeties and tight ends have been talked about too, and they seem to be pretty deep in this draft. So in the second round and the third, they're gonna get some pretty good players. Mike, any reactions to all those draft picks? When you look at them, draft picks are collateral in this business, and the Panthers had the opportunity, possibly with what we're hearing. And let me tell you guys, what haven't you heard out of the Cleveland Browns? You haven't heard anything about a contract. So that means that number one pick could be in play. And I tell you, the Browns hold a lot of cards in this draft, and what they decide to do, and one of the rumors folks are talking about, could the Browns actually want to trade up? And uh, that's a possibility that could involve the Panthers, right, John? It could. I mean, you know, the, the Panthers have eight. The Browns have 12. Uh, the, we talked about the running backs a minute ago. The teams in between eight and 12 are the Bengals, Bills, and Saints. They don't appear to have needs for running backs. Could Especially the Panthers trade back, right? the Saints just signing Adrian Peters. Absolutely. Because McCaffrey, some people thought, well, maybe McCaffrey could be a fit in New Orleans. That would be overkill at running back for the Saints at this point. Absolutely. Now, guys, I want to look at some future Panthers draft picks really quick because I know it, sometimes it's hard to imagine what a number 200 draft pick looks like and, and what they can do in terms of contributing to the Panthers. So let's take a look at two 
famous number one or first round draft picks. Of course, pick number eight, the Panthers have eight this year, but Jordan Gross and at number nine, Luke Keekley. I, I think those guys turned out to be pretty good first round picks. Yeah, not bad. Foundation guys, right. foundation guys. So let's take a look at the second round. We've got two number 70s. You guys will like this when you see it. Oh, excuse me, we're, we're jump, I was jumping to the third round. Round two, Musin Muhammad at pick 43, the Panthers. They don't have any, they've got pick 40, so relatively close. Pick 38 with Mike Rucker and pick 44, Kwan Short. Guys, I mean, another trio of very historic Panthers players. And that, that pick there with Kwan Short, remember that was a double down draft for Dave Gettleman because he had already picked Starla Tulele and came right back and look, he's got a rock solid pair of defensive tackles from the same draft. Right. That's awesome. Dave Gettleman talked about that last week. Let's go to round number three. Here's the duo of 70s. I mean, come on, does it get any better than that? 94 Travell Wharton, 92 Trey Turner. The Panthers have in the third round pick 98. That's, uh, that's a solid pair of guards there, guys who fill their role. And I tell you what, Trey Turner has really just scratched the surface of his talent. This is a guy who is really playing well at that guard spot. I love guards, and these are two great ones right here. I had no idea you loved offensive linemen so much. <laughs> Especially guards. Yeah. That was my position. And Trey, you know, you, you, when you look at third round picks, people get to the third round in the draft, and you go, oh, you know, maybe he's a nice player. He could help a little bit. Trey Turner's a pro bowler. Pro bowler. Yeah. So you can get really good players there. You look at the third round last year, and you saw what the Panthers did with the quarterback who ended up having a great season. But let's look at the seventh pick this year. And Panthers have pick number 216. Or excuse me, Captain was 216, but the Panthers have 233. You can find a diamond in a rough like Captain Munnerlin. Still playing after all these years. I call him the King of Mobile, Alabama out of Murphy <laughs> High School. And uh, he will talk about his game and return game especially. So we've talked about all these picks and we know that Gettleman has the best player available approach. So let's hear what he had to say when he talked to the media last week. You know, the classic line in, in scouting is, oh, don't worry, he'll be there in the next round. That's the classic line, and I've seen that blow up in people's faces a, a number of times. Listen, if the guy that you, if a guy is sitting there that you know can help you win, you know, what, don't worry about perception or whatever. Right? My philosophy is to get the best player. You guys both just heard that, and John, what was kind of your reaction to what Gettleman just said? Yeah, they've lived by that. You know, drafting Vernon Butler last year seemed like something you did, a need you didn't need to address, but they thought he was the best player. Defensive linemen need to rotate anyway. So, so there, there's a balance between need and best player. I don't think they're going to reach. I didn't think they reached with the corners last year, even though some people thought they did. But um, th there are plenty of positions where the need and the best player in this draft seem like they'll be a good fit. And Mike, your kind of reaction to what Gettleman had to say? I love listening to Dave Gettleman. He's got some great sayings from hog mollies to whatever. But when you follow the breadcrumbs that our general manager leaves, you can get some clues to where the Panthers are looking. And when I looked at my notes, one of the things that jumped out at me, he said, if you straight, stay true to your philosophy, which is best player available, I am not afraid to draft over a guy, and guys. I talked about competition. I think that's going to be a theme heading into this season, making practice worth, worth a little something because guys will be competing. You know, and I think Gettleman has stayed true to that approach for years, but let's take a look at some of the mock drafts and see what some of our experts are saying about who the Panthers might take with the eighth overall pick. A uh, trio consensus with Christian McCaffrey, 
We've got Derek Barnett in there, O.J. Howard, and and John, you found something out about O.J. right before the show. Yeah, we were talking about you know he 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 was they had a workout, not one of the official 30 visits, but you know he because the Panthers have looked at him more closely than many other players, he he certainly seems to be in play. And Mike, somebody who's been not really talked about too much for the Panthers, Dalvin Cook. Are you surprised to see his name up there? Well, early on, that was the the darling of the Panthers draft pick. Not only just in mock drafts, but fans were all over Dalvin Cook. And I, I don't think it's anything against Dalvin Cook that now you see Christian McCaffrey in that slot because McCaffrey fills so many roles for a football team and a football team that lost a return guy in free agency, a football team that's looking to improve that slot position, and also a guy who can give you some carries out of the backfield. All right, well, we're joined now by Panthers.com staff writer Max Henson. And Max, the next three days are going to be pretty unpredictable. The draft, we never know what's going to happen. What do you like about this draft class? I think there are a lot of good players. I mean, you guys have talked about it. Having four picks in the top 100, I think, is just a great draft to have those kind of assets. And I know Dave Gettleman has been really excited that, about that throughout the whole pre-draft process. We, we don't know the direction they're going to go in any of those first few rounds. We've got a pretty good idea of knowing what the top 10 looks like, but I, I think it's beyond that first round. And, and rounds two and three, I think there are gonna be really good football players coming off the board and excited about the depth of talent that this draft offers. Max, when you were in, you were in the war room last year. Are there things, obviously they talk about a lot of players. Are there traits that you felt like you heard more than others? Yeah, you know, when, when they get to the point when they're in the war room and they're in five or six picks away, let's say, they, they've narrowed it down to a handful of players. So you're, you, you've gotten to the point now where you're talking about the strengths of those players, those critical factors that Dave Gittleman likes to talk about. And, and why is this guy going to be successful? Why could this guy not be successful? Um, and so you're, you're looking for things like explosiveness and power and ability to win off the line of scrimmage, all these kind of things that could maybe separate a guy from somebody else in that position group. And, and that's what that war room process is all about. Hey, guys, we've got four names we're looking at here, which is the one we like best and why. And it's fascinating to be in there and hear those conversations happen because it's, it's months of work that comes down to a matter of minutes before you have to make that selection. Max, you guys on Panthers polls earlier, uh, you kind of had made your wish list. So let's take a look here in a little bit after we get a little sight from the war room. Dave Gettleman, obviously Don Gregory right behind him. But your wish list for this year for the Carolina Panthers. Let's take a look real quick and you can kind of walk us through it and break it down. Yeah, this is fun to do. And, and really, for me, this is some of my favorite prospects in the draft. And maybe you might say some of these guys wouldn't be on the board. But hey, this was a, a dream scenario exercise. And for me, first off, I want Solomon Thomas with a defensive end, really defensive end, defensive lineman from Stanford who has the versatility to play both outside and inside. I just think if you're drafting in the top 10, you've got a chance to get a premier pass rusher. And it's, it's hard to find those. So I think if he slips to them at eight, be a tremendous pick. I went David Njoku in the second round, the tight end for out of Miami um, with, my, with my second pick here. And another Miami tight end, obviously Greg Olson, an all-pro who came out of that school. The Panthers have kind of flirted with the idea of adding a complimentary tight end to Greg for a while now. I think this is the draft to do it. Njoku is a special talent, a really tremendous athlete. It could be a matchup nightmare at the next level. And then along the similar lines, but on the defensive side of the ball, you talk about a tremendous athlete, Obi Melifonwu who just put on a show at the scouting combine. This is a really deep draft for defensive backs. I know Carolina went cornerback heavy last year. Dave Gettleman said this draft might even be better for defensive backs, and I think the safety spot could be an area they look at. Melifonwu would be a great pick. He's 6'4", 225 pounds. I mean, just rare size and speed at that position. 
And in the third round, I could have gone either running back or wide receiver here. I know you, most people will look at this and say, hey, there's no running back listed here. I think you might be able to get one in rounds four or five. But in this scenario, I went in the third round with Taewon Taylor, a wide receiver out of Western Kentucky. He could give you that slot option. So much explosiveness, so much burst. Wins off the line of scrimmage so quickly. I think that's an element this offense maybe has been, has been lacking in years past. All right, I love your dream scenario. I think it looks great. I, however, the running back train is pretty, the bandwagon's pretty crowded around here. Three months ago, would you have ever thought that a running back was going to be in play at eight? It didn't seem like it. And the last month or so, all of a sudden, that train started rolling. You know, it's funny, just you don't really think about running backs in the first round anymore just based on how the past few years have been. You know, you saw Ezekiel Elliott go fourth overall to Cowboys, and that was kind of the first time in a really long time people thought a running back was worthy of a top five, top ten selection. They, they've always had that stigma attached to them recently of they're not worth a first round pick. And, and Dave Gettleman talks about the fact that, well, there just haven't been guys worthy of first round picks in recent years. This year's a different story. I mean, Leonard Fournette is a guy people think is a generational talent, and we've seen Christian McCaffrey as kind of his jack-of-all-trades skill set, maybe being the best modern-day NFL running back we've seen in a while. So the running back train, as you said, is rolling. I think there's definitely in play in round one. But the one thing we know about this draft class is relates to the running backs, too. I think you can get them in rounds two, three, four, and five. Max, as always, appreciate your insight. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Mike Kraft is out of the film room and on the big board looking at defensive ends and running backs. Everybody has talked about running backs. So guess what I'm going to do? Talk about running backs because I've been in the film room pouring over some film of these top prospects. And let's take a look at it. I have my top five running back selections coming up in this year's draft. And it's no surprise, this guy right here is at the top of the list, Leonard Fournette. And we'll talk about him in a second, but I want to run through this list. Christian McCaffrey, everybody's calling him the Swiss Army Knife, and for good reason. I call him a quadruple. Can you do that? One, two, three, sure. four. Quadruple threat. He can run out of the backfield, catch out of the backfield. He can play slot receiver, and guess what? He goes back and returns kicks. He's the kind of guy that you need on your team. My third pick was Dalvin Cook. Loved his film. I can't get over his production. The guy averaged over six yards a carry during his career. That's a lot of yards. And Alvin Kamara, new guy who really started to burst up, but when I watched him, I really liked him. He's a glider. Kind of reminds me of Eric Dickerson, the way he hits the hole, a lot of speed and quickness and makes his 
makes his moves without slowing down. And then a guy I really liked here, a guy who I think has gotten pushed down by one of his teammates, Samaj P. Ryan. And when we talked about value, Did he is one of the value guys. P. Ryan was on your wish list when you were on Panthers Pulse, correct? That's right. That's right. And the reason is, hey, this guy ran for 427 yards in one game as a freshman. I think that, something that's, that, so, that's a record, so unique about all five of these picks is how different each one of them really are. Yeah. I mean, you got different flavors and different horses for different courses. Let me talk about Fournette when you talk about flavors, because his flavor is downhill in your face, and he's going to set the tone as a running back. As we see him here on this play, he's going to come, he's going to run and get stopped by pressure. Then he's going to bounce outside. And let me tell you, the thing about this play is what he does when he gets outside, guys, because you're going to watch him make this play and watch what it does to the LSU bench. Look right here, this DB, hold it for a second. This DB's coming up for a tackle. You know, yeah, I'm going to get him down. Look what Fournette does to him. Puts, nope. the, puts the mojo on him, puts him on his back. And I tell you what, this electrified that whole LSU team down here. And he's the kind of guy that is going to set the tone for you. Now, let's look at Christian McCaffrey moving forward because I told you, quadruple threat. This guy does it all. And one of the things he can do is hit the home run. Pause it. He's going to get this here, make two moves before he crosses the line of scrimmage. Bounce outside. Fake a couple guys, and then, not to spoil it, he's out of the house. So we'll let it run here. You see the move there in the hole? That's the kind of thing that he has, the shiftiness. And I actually coached running backs at Johnson C. Smith University. And one of the things I taught those guys was to make your move without stopping. Can't stand a running back who stops because now he's tackled. So look at this play in the hole. Real good vision. Hold it here. You see him. He sees this all blocked up in here. So what is he going to do? He's going to wind it back, and the defense is going to make another good play to fill up the hole. And then right here, watch his head stop it. Look at this. Look at his eyes setting this up because he's going to give him a little shimmy, and then he's out of the gate. Love this play right here. And, guys, I, I love blocking for running backs like this back when I was in college. Give me the wide screen, guys, because when he <laughs> breaks it open, here we go. We're going in for the touchdown. You, you look so much alike. You look so beat right there. I, hey, I got hit that type of speed as an <laughs> offensive lineman. They so, say with so, McCaffrey, you talked about the vision, good hips too, which, which you can't really teach. Some guys are stiff there. He's not. Hey, he's got that stuff. And you can't quantify it. You can't teach it. There are certain guys that when you get them to that three-yard bubble behind the line of scrimmage, that's when they make their money. The offensive line does everything they do to open the hole, get him to that second level. It's guys like this who make the big play. Now, I'm interested to see your top five defensive ends because this is going to be good right here. I want to I want to hear about them. Well, running backs, we know are in play, but also I was really impressed by the overall class of defensive ends. And we talked about Miles Jarrett, presumative uh, number one pick. Yes. We're going to assume that. Absolutely. But guys, you, you know when you assume what happens. <laughs> okay, we won't go there. But the bottom line is, if he goes number one, there's still quality defensive ends, not just in the first round, but throughout the draft, there's some guys that you can look at. You were talking about that earlier with your value picks, that there's some position groups that you don't need to necessarily get in the first round because their position group is so deep, 
they can still be there. The talent can still be there in the second round, the third round. But you know the psychology of the draft nowadays because you have the first round one night and then you got to wait 24 hours before you get moving forward. And some fans might be like, oh, man, we didn't get this. We didn't get that. But the bottom line is the, let the draft play out through the seven rounds because you will see the whole fabric of the draft. Now, Derek Barnett, I had him at number two. And the reason I had him over Solomon Thomas, little bit more experience, played in 39 games for uh, Tennessee. And, he, and he, I see him as a Charles Johnson type guy. Uh, uses his hands well, not, not extremely tall. Solomon Thomas, there's a guy that's been connected to the Panthers, a complete football player. And this guy down here, Taco Charlton, in any other day and age, he would be playing power forward for Michigan. <laughs> let's see some film. Okay, let's see some film. We're going to look at, first, we're going to look at Miles Garrett. And on this play, here he is right here. On this play, he's going to come off the ball with a lot of speed. The uh, Alabama is going to run a play where it's the quarterback has to read him. This guy has such speed and quickness that they don't have the ability to read him. There he is at the point of attack. He literally could have blocked the, the running back, tackled the running back and the quarterback at the same time. Here's the same play. You're going to see him over here. Greg will be happy with that. Also, he's going to come off that edge hot. He's going to be unblocked. That's because it's, it's either a read or an RPO. But let me tell you what, this wasn't the right read because boom, there he is. Tackle for a loss. Now, the other guy we talked about, Solomon Thomas. Let's look at some plays from him. He is a guy who plays good against the run as well. One thing I want you to watch on this play, here he is right here, guys. Watch his first two steps and how quick they are. Stop it right there. Look at what he has done. He has made penetration right here on the offensive line. That has destroyed the integrity of that play. Notre Dame wants to run this ball right here, but obviously they're not going to do it. Now he's not finished. Makes a good spin move, run it forward makes the tackle in the backfield, that is another solid football player. Now, when I did that ranking, guys, understand, we're talking about guys who are separated by right. fractions of an inch, fractions of a second. They're all good football players. So it goes right back to when the Panthers have four picks in the top 98, they have a chance to get some football players who are going to change this team. There's a lot of depth opportunity there. And Mike, like you just said, the Panthers do have four picks in the top 98. One thing we really haven't talked about is the chance for the Panthers to either move up or move down in terms of if there's somebody they wanted or maybe there's somebody they think will be there at, say, the 12 if Cleveland wanted to jump in and get a quarterback. How likely is that to actually happen? Um, I think it depends on what the player is going to be. If they do want the running back, as we said earlier, well, between 9, 10, 11, probably don't need running backs. Trading back from 8 to 12 if both teams are interested seems like a no-brainer no matter what Dave Gettleman said in that press conference about grabbing the guy and not letting him wait. Um, otherwise, you know what? If you see the depth, the more picks, the better. You know, if, if you, you, as you get later in the draft, the guys you like might not be the same as what everybody else likes. At 8, you know, you're looking at a very small pool of players. Uh, down later, you're not. Maybe you can trade, try to get a little more value.
And here's the top 15 picks right now as they stand now. Obviously, on Thursday night, a lot could change in terms of whether or not any of these teams want to make some moves. But something you said earlier, John, how the teams 9, 10, and 11 after the Panthers, not necessarily looking for a running back. Perhaps the Panthers and Cleveland could make some sort of change right there and grab another third round, a fourth round potential, something like that. But, Mike, when you see I, those numbers. I got a scenario here, and we talked it. about this a little bit. The Browns at 12. They have that extra first first round pick. This team needs a lot of football players, but also they need guys who can change their roster. And if they're looking at to move up and it gets to, as we talked about that scenario earlier with eight, and there's a player there they want, quarterback, what have you, and they make that offer, I would have to like, think long and hard about it because here's a scenario where the Panthers could literally trade back, get extra picks, and still get a guy that they target. Right. That would be a great scenario. And that trade, the value chart would suggest a third or fourth round pick in return to pick up, which would be pretty nice. That's inside of 98. And that would make five in the 98. It could, that could be a little dangerous right there. Now, we've talked about expert picks all afternoon long on this show. Let's talk about our picks. Mike, I'm going to go with you first. If you are drafting somebody with the eighth overall pick, who are you taking? I like that scenario we talked about because if I want to identify Christian McCaffrey, a guy who solves a lot of problems for this offense or, or is a bit good addition in a lot of different ways. And special teams, what if that phone rings? I'm answering it <laughs> on the first call because I can move back and still possibly pick up McCaffrey, not at 8, but at 12, and add another pick. John, what about you? Okay, first I want to say if Thomas or Jamal Adams is there at eight, I would like them. I don't think they're going to be there. No matter. Uh, sorry, Max, but you know his dream scenario I think is going to blow up. Um, I'm not on the running back train as much as everybody else. I would love to see O.J. Howard. And maybe it's just a style thing that I, it's more of a want to see it than I think it will happen. But having two very good receiving tight ends just makes you so different and makes you a matchup nightmare for other teams. You can't cover both him and Greg Olson. I, I would love to see that one for the Panthers. I think it would be a really nice pick. I'm personally on the McCaffrey train. I think the more you can do, the better, especially when we get down to training camp when Gettleman and Ron are always talking about some of the opportunities to make the 53-man roster is what you can do on special teams. And McCaffrey has proven throughout college that special teams – he can play it too. He can do a little bit of everything, which is something I think is very attractive to the Panthers. You see him there at the combine. But now, one, or excuse me, John, you've got some fan questions you were going to talk about. Yeah. I think we have these hats for a reason they're on the table. Yes, because Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to be live here at Panthers.com and at the, on Facebook Live video on the Panthers Facebook page. We're going to take some questions. If you, we use your question, we might be giving away one of these hats, so make sure to tune in and watch when the draft's over on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're not getting this one. <laughs> you got your own model what, right What, they, what they call the... these? Flapjacks? Snapback. Yeah, okay. I got my flapjack on. <laughs> I like flapjacks better. <laughs> As always, you can log on to Panthers.com for all of your draft information. We'll keep you covered on there. And John Halpin, Mike Kraft, and I will see you live Thursday night after the first round of the 2017 draft. With the first pick, the Carolina Panthers select Cam Newton, quarterback, Auburn. Touchdown, Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers select Luke Keekley. Keekley, touchdown. Carolina Panthers select Don Rotulalei, Kelvin Benjamin, high receiver, Florida State. Kelvin Benjamin, got a touchdown. With the 30th pick, the Carolina Panthers select Vernon Butler. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock.
Live from Bank of America Stadium, it's time to break down the Panthers NFL Draft. 